0: your number one source for local sports this is mower county sports live with your host kaus sports director sam hauser on mower county's voice for sports am 1480 a.a.u.s county sports live starting off a new week here on this monday december 4th 2017 sam how's it with you till six o'clock tonight on a december 4th day here in austin minnesota where we got into the 60s today and it's still sitting at 46 degrees with the sundown and anybody that is complaining about that that's fine but i'm gonna take this as long as it will hang around, I get the whole waiting for a white Christmas, waiting for the snow, just getting getting it over with. That that whole anticipation factor, waiting for winter to start, I get it. But you'd be hard pressed to complain about a day in December where it's 46 degrees. Just enjoy it while it lasts. The 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 ones that you know that are waiting for it to snow and getting all and saying enough with this. I mean, it's 46. You Can be outside for more than a minute in December. It's it's fantastic. This is amazing. This is great. Getting out of here in a few weeks too. Heading down south for a little bit, a little holiday break before basketball season really gets crazy. I never thought we'd make it this far. A great start to the day. Sam how's it with you till six o'clock tonight here on Mower County Sports Live. No sports. On your radio tonight. No! No! That's a rare December day with no sports. A rare December day where it's 46. And a rare December day with no sports on the radio tonight. Not really sure how that happened either. The high school sports slate for the area is just completely blank tonight. But we still have a ton to get to today. This is a sports talk show host Dream kind of day. Here on a Monday, there's no, we're not going to do any headlines today. There's really no headlines to get to today, anyway. Nothing, nothing really pressing this afternoon. Ben McAdoo got fired as the head coach of the New York Giants, but that wasn't really surprising. That was that was a long time coming, anyway. There's easily three hours worth of content today, some of which were, some of which we're going to spread out throughout the week. This whole situation with Rob Gronkowski, the New England Patriots tight end, who basically used the people's elbow. Right out of uh, right out of uh, out of Dwayne Johnson's playbook on one of the players for the Buffalo Bills gave him a concussion and got a one-game suspension, which is another, which is just more concrete evidence on how much the NFL actually cares about its employees. That Lavar Ball doing Lavar Ball things again, pulling Lamelo, uh, pulling uh, his son Lamelo out of UCLA after the whole arrest, and did he or did he not say thank you to President Trump? I mean, that thing was just, you know, we, we talked about that actually in the best of segment last week. It was either last week or it might have been two weeks ago, but it was one of the recent best of segments. The idea of a sitting president feuding on Twitter with a cartoon character is just phenomenal. LeVar Ball back at it again today. Normally on Mondays, we would talk with the voice of the Gophers, Mike Grimm, but we're going to push that back to tomorrow because it's not all that timely and it doesn't really fit in with today's show anyway. More so tomorrow because tomorrow we already have Go for Basketball Weekly at noon, and then a game tomorrow night. So we'll we'll get to that tomorrow on tomorrow's show as well. But for everything that went down over the prep sports weekend, it was a good weekend for our Moore County area teams. You can find all that on MyAlstonMinnesota.com in the local sports section on the bottom of the homepage as our. Area teams went 8-1 and one over the weekend for the five schools that we cover here. Of course, at AM 1480K, U.S., Austin, Lyle Pacelli, Blooming Prairie, Grand Meadow, and Southland, those that were in action over the weekend, 8-1 and one combined records. It was a really good weekend. You can find all the stats, game recaps, notes, all that on myAlstonMinnesota.com in the local sports section. That's at the very bottom of the homepage. The next section right above that one, if you go on the website, again, myaustonminnesota.com, it's the local sports update section. We have a couple things from today on there as well. Another Moore County area student athlete with a college offer, and the Bruins with a ton of shenanigans this weekend in their series in Bismarck. Probably not going to get to much of anything that actually happened within the games, but let's get to your let's get to the let's get the imaging for the Monday rewind before we get too deep weekend, into anything. Else good. Get too far. Against. He gets away from the pressure, fires to the end zone, it's lost!
1: And controversial not so weekend, but oh the Bruins. Oh my goodness, he dropped the ball! But it's another game in the books, and it's time to look back with our Monday Rewind.
0: Controversy abound at VFW Sports Center, and really, until the Bruins actually lose, which you you know, not that we want that to happen. We don't. If they don't lose another game this year, that's fine. Not gonna happen, but. Until they lose the play on the ice for the purposes of this, for the purposes of having a sports talk radio segment becomes progressively less interesting. They're an exciting team to follow right now and they're an easy team they're just a, they're an easy team to be a fan of right now, and it's a great start to the winter season for us here in Austin. But for the purposes of Sports Talk Radio, we're hitting a lot of the same things every week now with the way that they're scoring, the way that they're winning games, the team that they're putting together. So what was really more interesting, what was one of the most interesting things of the entire sports weekend, local or otherwise, was in Saturday's game had the one here on am 1480k usn Milestone, minnesota.com 14 combined goals as the Bruins won eight to six that's a new season high 131 penalty minutes probably is I don't know that there uh, there have been at least one or two other times this year where they've had games with over 100 combined minutes uh, in the penalty box but that's got to be close if not a season high and most of those came in the third period and there were two separate incidents One's certainly more controversial than the other, but both still worth noting. There was one situation in the third period where a Bismarck player got tossed for a face mask penalty, he Got a, a, a game misconduct for a face mask penalty, which at that point, it seems like from just following along with the game, the, it was one of those situations where the referees were trying to control the game, which uh, the... The NHL is called pretty tight. It's, it's called very different. It, it, well, actually, not very different, but it is called different. It's officiated different compared to, say, the NHL. It's one of the more tight, uh, tightly officiated leagues that, at least I as a sports fan, follow regularly. And so you'll get that in, at times if, if it gets to be a chippy game where by the time the third period rolls around they're just calling everything and eventually they're just tossing people they're not even gonna mess around they're not even gonna send them to the box for two or four or five minutes whatever it may be they're just gonna send them to the showers that's just the way things go in this league and so there's a face mask penalty which I'll pretend to be I'll pretend to be a hockey expert I don't pretend to be an anything expert and, and if I've if I've ever given off that impression on the sh- on, on this show then that's a bad job by me. Because I don't pretend to be an expert about anything. I know a few things here and there, but I don't know if I've ever heard of a face mask penalty in hockey because some of the guys wear visors, and there are, I guess there are some of the younger guys that actually do wear the full cages, and that would be about the only way that you could get a face mask penalty if you actually grabbed one of those. So that in, that in itself, even at the NHL level, we do get a, a few of the younger guys. I think the, the ones that are under 18 have to wear a cage. There are, there are certain age limits on where guys have to wear the cage. So that in itself is rare enough. But the big one was about, was about halfway through the third period. There are about 11 minutes left in the third period. And this was a tense series from the very beginnings. First place was on the line, and you know, it's still pretty early on. We're still in the first half of the season, but... Halfway point's coming. We're we're a few weeks away. It's 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 coming up pretty quick, especially with the holidays. With the holiday, with, you know, the holidays coming around, and especially for the case of of a head to head series like that, we're running out of those for the purposes of the Bruins and, and the Bismarck Bobcats. Bruins already made a come-from-behind win on Friday. It was a frustrating loss for Bismarck. at two goals in the third period from Jaden Shields. The game-winner was 17 seconds left. So we get to Saturday, and the Bruins scored four power play goals in the third period, which itself is unheard of. And the one that made it 8-5 to five completely blew a fuse on the Bobcats bench. Uh, if you didn't hear this one on Saturday, this was the voice of the Bruins. Michael Keeley had the game here on The Voice of Moorick County. Sent the, just, th- this is how it sounded. On Saturday night.
1: Willis now turning out between the circles. Played it back. Colton Butel closing. He'll shoot. Scores! Colton Butel scores what is the Bruins' fourth power play goal on a single Bismarck infraction, and it's 8 5. Well, the Bruins' power play may be first in the league. And now the Bobcats coaching staff throwing sticks onto the ice. Garrett Roth, the assistant coach, throwing sticks out of the ice. And the Bruins bench is loving it. And the sticks just keep on coming. And Bismarck is gonna get even more penalties now. Now the whiteboard comes out of the ice, water bottles. Garrett Roth throwing everything he has onto the ice. Now he's looking at a suspension, still throwing sticks. Garrett Roth taking every player's stick on the bench and throwing it onto the ice. I have never seen a tirade like this before in hockey. Roth is taking every stick that the Bobcats possess and launching it onto the ice. And now he's slamming his stick into the boards. And now the fans are throwing things out of the ice. Bottles are out there. And Bismarck, you know, frankly, they're looking at a forfeit here. There's 9.06 remaining in the game. And all heck has broken loose. There are still sticks being thrown out of the ice. And uh, the Bruins might want to get their players off the ice here because it's becoming a hostile environment. An announcement was just made for the fans to stop throwing things on. But here comes... Gatorade bottles. The the center zone is an absolute mess. Sticks everywhere.
0: Again, that was from Saturday's game. Bruins ended up winning 8-6. And there was something else there that I'd never heard of. Hockey is one of the the sports that I've been following the longest. And the bench ended up getting a 20-minute gross misconduct for contact with an official, which... That part of it sounds serious, but this was up there with the all-time great minor league sports tirades, where every once in a while you'll see one. Uh, if if you catch SportsCenter at the right time, or any of the any of the networks, if you catch it at the right time, you'll see. One of these videos, they're usually during baseball season because there are only so many sports that really have true minor leagues where something like this would happen, and they're usually in minor league baseball where a manager will come out and he'll kick some dirt around and he'll get in an umpire's face, maybe spit a little bit. He'll take, uh, you know, they'll take the rosin bag and chuck it like a like a grenade and throw bases around. And I mean, this is up there with with those with the all time great minor league sports tirades. This is one of the. I mean, it made me sad that I missed it, that it wasn't here, that it was in Bismarck. I mean, this is the most outlandish thing I've seen. This, there, there was a story last February, and this is probably the most outlandish thing that I've seen since then, especially in hockey, because this doesn't happen very often. It happens in in minor league baseball, but this doesn't happen. Doesn't have at least it doesn't feel like it, it happens as often. It may just be that it's not reported on as often because hockey, either in in you know even up here. In Minnesota is still a little bit of a niche sport, relatively compared to the rest of the country. But there was a story last February in one of the Canadian junior hockey leagues where a player got arrested on the ice. It was actually put in, physically put in handcuffs by police and arrested on ice after, on the ice because he got in a fight with a referee. This is probably the craziest thing I've seen in a minor league hockey game in any hockey game since then. But at the same time, though, for what it's worth. The whole situation in Bismarck ended up being more, a lot more mild than it could have been. Anything, any of the sticks or pucks or bottles or whatever else it was thrown, because these guys were throwing any, anything that they could get their hands on short of the actual players on the bench. Any of those things that were thrown could have hit somebody. It could have hit one of the. It could have hit somebody on the ice. It could have hit one of the referees. It, it, it could have gotten more out of hand with somebody in the stands, as you heard there at the at the end of the clip. The PA announcer had to tell everybody in the stands to cool it. All in all, this could have been a much more serious situation than it actually was for the guys that were throwing sticks and bottles and, and everything else they get their hands on for. Using them as weapons in non-hockey situations, I don't know specifically about the NHL, but there is some protection like in the NHL, I believe in the NHL there is a little bit more protection that the players have if there's a serious situation if there's an injury like that from a from a stick or a skate in a hockey situation or whatever. but they heard there on the clip the the guys on the Bruins bench were loving it. This was just your your typical your typical sports tirade. They knew that there was no real danger around. The referees were on the complete opposite end of the ice. They were kind of just standing over there watching it like, okay, whenever you're done causing a scene right now, whenever you you feel like you've thrown what you need to throw, then we can move on. If they felt like there was any real danger, there has to be some kind of security in that building that – maybe would have tried to step in and do something but everybody was in a spot where they were far enough away where they weren't going to get hit by anything and at that point it's just people it's just people throwing things for the sake of throwing things i was fortunate enough to be at a game once where something like that happened it was a nationally televised game too i don't remember if it was a monday night game or a thursday night game but it was it was with the Jacksonville Jaguars when i was still covering them at the time and it was the one and only season that Mike Malarkey was the was the head coach. He was the interim head coach at the time, the one and only season that he was there. And there was a, a point late in the game where, you know, the Jaguars were still awful at the time and tensions were boiling over. And he took his he took his his, his giant play sheet, you know, the, the 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 big laminated play sheet and basically threw it what was supposed to be at a ref, but it went in the general vicinity of a referee because it's a, a lightweight Plastic laminated play sheet, so it just went a few inches and then wafted around in the, the wind and fell straight down, and there was no imminent danger, and it was funny. Because this whole thing, this whole thing that we're doing with sports is is to an extent entertainment. And as long as nobody is in any kind of danger and nobody gets hurt, and you just get a a- a point where somebody loses it, it's not funny for them. But depending on your sensibilities, it's funny from the outside when there's no when there when there are no consequent when there are no consequences attached to it, so all this really ended up being was a bench going nuts. No one got hurt, and it ends up being in a in the group of top, of top notch minor league sports tirades, which is why it was kind of disappointing that the video didn't last online very long. It was available to the public for a very short window on Sunday morning, maybe a little bit overnight Saturday night before, or while while the uh, folks at the NAHL office were sleeping. I still have access to it, but there's only one very specific channel to get that that I know of, unless you were at the game on Saturday or, or were listening on AM 1480K U.S. I can understand from a league PR standpoint why they wouldn't love it, why they wouldn't necessarily be all about spreading that video around, or, or being in any way, in directly or indirectly a part of that video getting spread around? Because if you really want to get technical, the Bobcats are their problem as a member organization in the NHL. But the part that's baffling: this was something that happened in the public eye. Now, it happened in plain sight for everybody that was at VFW Sports Center. Everybody saw it with their own two eyes, and everybody. That has a a camera phone, which is probably ninety nine percent of the people that were at the game had a chance to had a chance to put it out there themselves, and and it wasn't that bad. Relatively, it wasn't that bad. It was it was a scene. They definitely caused a scene, but it wasn't that bad. It would be one thing if it was uh, an expletive filled rant, and it was bleep this and bleep that and bleep you like like the. Uh, A la the the Bruce Boudreaux rant, the uh, the infamous road to the 24-7, road to the winter classic rant from from HBO a couple years ago when he was with the Capitals. Because that was meant for very specific ears, for people in the locker room and people that have HBO and are okay with swear words on their TV. That was meant for those that have a certain kind of access. Especially in the case of the players that have the first-hand account but this was in the public eye where in the public eye where rules are a lot different those morals that the NAHL has Ru- party poopers morals we want to keep this going on the other side we can take some phone calls on this as well 507-437-7666 should the video be public or should it or should it have been taken down in a prompt manner when it was? 507-437-7666. We'll keep this going next on Mower County Sports Live. Get some sports to go on your lunch hour. The most in-depth source for local sports results and schedules is the daily Mower County Sports Update with Sam Hauser. Monday.